Welcome, everybody, to Divine Hope Podcast, where we, we're talking to new Christians and those who are just uh, curious about Christianity. I'm Pastor Tim. And I'm Pastor Collins. Uh, uh, and it's very important, the topic that we're going to discuss, because everybody needs to know uh, the reason why Christ came, suffered, bled, died and rose again uh, that we might have life and have it more abundantly and it's a lot of people don't understand uh, why should I accept Christ or why uh, I should you know live this type of life but it's for your benefit it's for your good it's for it's for you to to not only live in this life because this life is temporary but live eternally with Christ. Absolutely. And if you're not thinking that today, I can guarantee at some point in your life, you thought that. Why do I need faith? Mm-hmm. But before we enter into any laudable undertaking, we should first pray. Amen. So let us pray. Why don't you yeah. lead us in prayer, Pastor Collins? Amen. And I just want to say we have a guest with us. As a, he's a prophet, Prophet Darren. And uh, he, he may have some input, or he may not. But... Uh, we know that whatever God does is going to benefit all of us. Amen. Amen. Father God, we give you praise. We magnify your name. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for everlasting life. We thank you, Lord God, for giving your son that we might have life and have it more abundantly. No condemnation, Father. You came, dear God, hallelujah, that to whosoever will believe will receive eternal life. And we thank you, Lord God, that on this broadcast, people that needs to know or have an understanding of who you really are will understand you through us, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, have your way that we decrease and that you increase in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And I want to add that anything that we say here today that's untrue, let it fall from the memories of those who hear it as quickly as they hear it. But anything that we say that's true, implant it, Lord, deep in their hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, yeah, that's a great, I mean, um, speaking to people that I think, I think those two groups of people, right? Those that are, that are are curious about Christianity, right? They've met a Christian in their life and, Mm -hmm. and they've been intrigued by their lifestyle. And so they're curious about this thing called Christianity or those who are brand new to the faith. Yes. And Pastor Collins, I, I, I worry about them the most because they're the most zealous. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. In, in fact, the Bible even talks about that, right? Where Jesus is criticizing those in Revelation in the letters to the churches who mm-hmm. for, have forgotten our first love. Yeah, they forgot their first love. And you can be zealous, but not according to knowledge. Not according to knowledge. That's so right. that, that's the word of God. So you have to. The, it's very important that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, leads you and guides you into all truth. Jesus said in his word that he's, go, he's going to the Father. That's right. And he said, I'm going to leave you a comforter. And we have to realize that we have a comforter that would comfort us, that, that comforts us when we're going through. That's right. That, that helps us, that gives us understanding concerning situations uh, that we're facing. And I know, hallelujah, it may not be, uh, uh, you, you, you may be going through some things, and it's hard right now, 
But you have to understand the mechanics of God. You have to understand how he works. And you can't understand him through your own carnality. The Bible says lean not to your what? Own understanding. Hallelujah. But we have to put out total trust. Everything in God. Try everything, and that's what, and that's uh, that's a piece that's missed, I think, by those new Christians. Yes, everything, right. Everything. Uh, I, you know, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to condemn because I can't. That's right. We that's can't. No, no. But it seems to me, at least in my in my experience, before I knew Christ, my thought was coming to church on Sunday. That was my service to God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you know, I, I was doing enough if I went every Sunday because yeah. my neighbor is only going every other Sunday. Wow. But we need to turn our entire lives over. There's not one aspect of our... Now, that doesn't mean that we spend 24-7 in the yeah. church building. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But we need to turn everything over to Christ. Yeah. Pastor Collins, my, my nephew, um, I'm going to leave his name out of it just for mm-hmm. anonymity's sake. Okay. My nephew asked me just the other day, he said, do you attribute everything to God? Right. He said, I, I get why people give God credit for the... For the miraculous things, you know, the life-saving events, right? When somebody's sick with a terminal illness and they're miraculously cured, you know. I, he said, "I understand why Christians attribute that to God," but he said, if, "What if I flip this bottle up in the air and it lands? It was a, a water bottle, mm-hmm. and it lands uh, straight up. Straight up, yeah. Would you would you attribute that to God, <laughs> right? Because in his in his view, most most Christians would say that's just." happenstance mm-hmm. yet the big thing is attributed to god and so i told mm. him i said i would attribute it all to god yeah right now am i going to be as thankful for the water bottle landing on its you know upright oh, uh-huh. as i am about somebody being cured of cancer no of course not but it, i would attribute it all to god because he's in complete control of everything that happens yes right that's right well uh you ever heard the old saying uh you're too heavily minded. Right. To be any you, earthly good. No earthly good. Yes. You know, uh, there, are, there are spirits that we that people don't understand that we deal with. There, there are religious spirits. There are demonic spirits that will transform themselves into an angel of light. Come on now. Just to deceive you. The Bible says the devil will transform himself into an angel of light. Uh, in the garden, the devil was so beautiful. He came subtle. He didn't come with horns. He didn't come with a pitchfork. But he came subtle and got her, got Eve's attention and said, uh, uh, are you sure, uh, uh, shall you die? You sure you will die if you eat this? But she didn't understand about the spiritual death. I don't know if she did or not. No. She didn't understand about the spiritual death. And that's, go ahead. That's one thing we misunderstand today, right? Because the, some of the questions that I get from non-believers, you know, I talk to, I try to talk to non-believers mm-hmm. as much as I can. Oh yeah, we do. And one of the questions I get is, you know, if, if the if God said you'll die, why didn't they die? And you know, sometimes we as Christians are guilty of of giving easy answers. Yeah. Right. And and while it's true, I think it's an easy answer to say, well, they began to die. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it, it, it feels to a non-believer like a cop-out if that's the only answer we give. Because the truth of the matter is they instantaneously died spiritually. That's right. Right. So they did right. die right they away. They did die. That's, that's right. right. They, they died, but they was alive that's right. naturally. Just like 
-hmm. we are in this world before we accept Christ. Exactly. Dead but alive. Yeah. You have something? Okay. Yeah, Paul said, um, just like you who were once dead in your trespasses and sins. He wasn't talking about physical death. Mm -hmm. He's talking about spiritual spiritual death. Amen. Now, there's something comforting in that, right? And and if you look at it one way, it becomes... um, it becomes uh, negative, right? It feels mm. like a condemnation, and yeah. it is, right? I mean, we got to be aware of that. Yeah. But there's something comforting in that because death, from a biblical standpoint, mm-hmm. is separation. It's separation from God. That's right. So physical death, the separation of the soul from the body, mm-hmm. and spiritual death, the separation of the soul from God. Amen. And a lot of people don't realize that God covers the earth. His presence is in the earth. Uh, The sinners and saints alike is experiencing the presence of God. Even the trees will give him praise. The Bible says, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Mm -hmm. Even the elements know who God is, except for man. Hallelujah. And, and, and the thing about it is, once you know that God is here, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a religion that believes that we can do all things by ourselves right. without God. Right. You might call yourself atheist, but that's a religion nonetheless. That's a religion. Oh, I don't need God. All I have to do is believe. That's right. And I will receive. So you, you put in yourself uh, even before God. Because all things belong to him. The heaven and earth, hallelujah, belongs to him. Go ahead. So, oh, so heaven and earth belongs to him. Even he made us in his, in his image so he can enjoy us. He made us. Hallelujah. Mankind. That's right. In his image. And that's what your purpose is. First of all, uh, I would like to uh, address the Big Bomb Theory and <laughs> the Big Bang Theory. Big, the yeah, Big Bang Theory and people that believe that we came from the, the, the monkeys and evolution and the waters. You just crawled out of the waters and, and slowly we became. That's a bunch of. Coffee cock. It is. And you know, I was going to, there's a couple different ways we could go from there, right? Uh-huh. You know, one of these days we'll get into the, the Kalam cosmological argument, right? Which proves uh, right what now. you just said. But I, but I think, let's talk about the, the exist, because what you just said is, is, leads into this, right? Let's talk about the existence of an absolute truth. All right now. Right? Because truth, people think is relative, but truth is truth. And I, I actually thought about this analogy today. Let me know what you think about it. Right? Okay. If a man goes to court because he's convicted of a crime, mm-hmm. but he's innocent, the truth is he's innocent. Yeah. Right? Now, that exists whether anybody believes it or not. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. But a lie can't exist without somebody believing it. Mm. So let's say he goes to court. The truth is he's innocent, but all 12 people on the jury think he's guilty. Now the falsehood of his guilt comes into existence because of the belief of the jurors. Wow. Right? He's convicted. He's, he spends time in prison. He's now a felon. Right? 
people see them in a in a, in a way mm-hmm. all because of belief in the falsehood yes but the truth still remains that he's innocent yeah let's flip that around now he's innocent that's the truth and all 12 jurors believe that he's innocent mm-hmm. right that the falsehood of his guilt doesn't exist wow right yeah. so yeah. so there is an absolute truth and our our um, endeavor is to discover it amen right and that and so from that sense it takes christianity or it takes the truth let's just say that first mm-hmm. and separates it from everything else from all falsehood mm-hmm. so so we believe of course the the the, belie- the doctrines of christianity are the truth yeah they they aren't there because we believe it right it's not again my nephew i'll use him as an example he said um, why do all religions have to have a protagonist right so there's always there's always an evil one mm-hmm. that God protects you against. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, it only has to have it if it's false so that people believe it. But in Christianity circumstance, it just is. It doesn't yeah. have to be so. It just is. Mm-hmm. Right? It is. It it's just a, is. Is uh, A lot of times what uh, Prophet Dan would tell me is God knows all. Mm. He knew what Satan was going to do. He did. When he created him. When he created him. He knew that he was going to have a coup against him. And he pronounced that he was going to uh, rise over God and take over his throne. And the thing about it is he took a third of the angels because they what believed (laughs) in him. They believed that he was going to take over God's kingdom. Amen. But God. But God. <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I mean, All powerful perfect. God. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, especially, and even in Christian teaching, we consider Adam and Eve as, the, as, a, as sin's entrance into the world. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it is sin's entrance into humanity. Yeah. But sin's entrance into creation. Was, was Satan was the enemy, the devil? That's right, the devil, yeah. because of that rebellion. Because of that rebellion, and that sin isn't the action, right? I love the actions because because they reveal the sin within us, mm-hmm. right? I always call it the tongue twister in Romans, mm-hmm. Romans seven, I believe it is, where Paul says, "The good things that I want to do, I don't do." Don't do. Right? Right? Yeah. The, the, the things that I don't want to do, those are the things I keep doing. But when I do, it's not me who does them. It's what? But the sin it's that the lies sin within. That lies within me. So what, what, what new believers and non-believers don't, I don't think, grasp is that sin is an external invisible force yes. that acts upon our hearts. And because of that action, we, we do things that, that we then call sinful. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, Anything that doesn't come from faith is sin. So if you don't have faith, then everything you do is sin, right? And the reason is because sin is distrust and disbelief, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not a particular action, and 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 so if if we work hard at subduing our desires so that we don't act on them, we might appear to be righteous, mm-hmm. but we're still sinners at heart. This is what Jesus changed in the Sermon on the Mount, right? He said that the law says, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. But he said, if, if you look at another with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already, right? 
Now, question. Yes. Uh, is that a thing that we can't or can control when you look at a woman? Uh, when lust is, is lurking around you? Because it, it don't have to be a woman. No, it doesn't. It's you can another. Look, you can lust after money. Car. You can right. lust after a car. Uh, right. I think the point that Jesus was making, though, was that you don't have to actually commit adultery to be an adulterer. Right. And, and, and I, I, I like where you're going with this. And um, again, I think it's narrowly focused, but it's important. Um, it's not about the feeling. Right. Because I think as a heterosexual man, if you see an attractive woman, that that stirs up human reactions. Mm -hmm. Right. But when when he says, if you look at another with lust, that's a purposeful. Right. So I, it makes me think of things like pornography. It doesn't have to be pornography. But, but someone who looks at pornography, the purpose is with lustful intent. Yeah. And in doing so, you become an adulterer, even if you don't commit adultery, because that's the condition of the heart. And, and, right? and what I look at is uh, acting in the spirit. God looks at that more than acting in the flesh. Right, exactly. I like the way but A lot said of people that. don't understand that the spiritual realm is more tangible to, the, to those that are in the spirit. spiritual. That's right. That's right. And so that's why you have to bridle your tongue. Or even a, even King David said, "Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be what acceptable in in your sight." The now, imp the impact. Mm -hmm. is so much greater, right, than we uh, We focus on, in my opinion, we focus on such, such um, minor things. Mm -hmm. They look major to us, right? I mean, we do this with a lot of stuff, and, and, and I don't want to suggest that we should be using this kind of language, but we, we, we perceive using the Lord's name in vain as using his name in a, as a cuss word. Now it's true. Using the Lord, using the Lord's name in a cuss word is irreverent. It's disrespectful. It's using it in vain. But we miss so much more than that. Using the Lord's name in vain is those preachers that preach. They don't believe in their hearts, but they preach because they think it's lucrative. That's using the Lord's name in vain, right? The snake oil salesman that saw the power of the apostles, and he said, "Wait, what do I need to do to have that power?" Right? He's he wanted to buy it. And he wants to use the Lord's name in vain, yeah. right? It, you know, I watched a movie one time about um, the middle, the medieval times. Mm -hmm. And, the, and the, the, um, the knight in the king's court, every time he would do something atrocious, would say, God made me do it. That's you. I had a friend in the Navy who, every time something went bad, he would say, God hates me. Right. All of these are examples of using God's name in vain. But but we as a society focus on this, the, the, the cuss word aspect. Yeah. We're missing the deeper figure figure here. Right. The bigger, bigger picture. God does not want us to treat him with irreverence and disrespect. That's right. And so if you don't believe in him, by definition, you're treating him that way. Mm -hmm. Right. If you use his name in ways that it's not meant, you're, you're right. You're treating him that way. And too often, I think, in society, we, we, we worship a God that we've made up in our minds, mm. right? It's not the God of the Bible. We, we make him up how we want him to be, 
And that's how he is. Mm-hmm. See, so when you make up, you don't have no relationship. You don't have a relationship. God will reveal himself to you mm-hmm. like he revealed himself to me, like he revealed himself to each of uh, I've had experiences with God that he didn't, he, you didn't have, but you had experiences with God that I, same with that's us right. It's all, it's individual. Uh, I've seen things in the spiritual realm, uh, attacked in the spiritual realm, being attacked by demons, choking me, and so forth. I, I, through that, through the attack, God trained me not to fear, but to trust. To trust. Amen. The Amen. devil can't do nothing to you. That's right. And does God allow, or you, you, you open the door for the enemy to come in. Yep. A lot of people are going through because they accepted Jesus Christ and it seemed like everything is turned for the worse. Yeah. But I just want you to know that God is right there by your side going through that domestic situation with your wife. That's right. Going through that situation in your family right. where it seems like you're the you're the black sheep of the family. Because the devil's not going to mess with you if you're no threat to him. Amen. If you're not a threat, he ain't going to miss. But when you become a threat is when you say, Lord, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I turn my back on the devil and sin, and I accept you. Come into my life. Come into my life. Be my Savior. And right there, God comes into your life. Right there, God says, you're my child. All the things you have done, all the lying, all the cheating, all the murder. I say it again, murder somebody. God says, since you accepted me, I will cast those things away from you. As far as the east is from the west. That's pretty far. That's pretty far. So the east still goes east. And the west still goes west. It never reunites. He said, that's how I would look at you. Because my son's blood covers you. When Jesus died on the cross, his blood covers our sin. And the blood works. It works. So... When God looks at you, he sees you as a new creature. He don't see you as an adulterer. He don't see you as a rapist. He don't see you as a child molester. You're a new creature in Christ. So I can't say anything or condemn you. Jesus liked a woman that was caught in adultery. He said, well, you're condemners. He said, I don't even condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Come on now. Unless a worse thing, that was a warning, come upon you. Hallelujah. So sometimes I think it's hard for us to um, to think of that list of things that you just said, right? And, and compare sins that are so grievous in nature we can't even imagine to something that we feel is is. Uh, insignificant like lying yeah right? but what we got to realize is to to god it all s- separate it's not a choice yeah right 
we have a choice on who we surround ourselves with. That's right. Right. And our judgment is flawed. So sometimes we surround ourselves with the wrong the people. Wrong people yeah. <laughs> but we have a we have a, a, a judgment call on who is worth being in our inner circle. Amen. Sin is not that way with God. It's not as if God chooses some people over others. What well, it says in the Bible, he's not a respecter of persons. Right? He's not choosing anybody. He cannot be within the presence of sin. It's not a it's not a value judgment, right? So he can't look at intentions, and I'm using the word can't as if that applies to God, right? But he he doesn't look at intentions, he doesn't look at uh, the the uh, level of sin. Now it's true that there are different levels of sin, and it tells us that for those who are lost, they'll be judged to dis- to determine their degree of punishment. But all of them are separated from God. Those that are saved, they will be judged to determine their degree of reward, but all of them are saved. And the reason is because God cannot be in the presence of sin. It's as if we take paper and put it into fire. Mm -hmm. The fire consumes the paper. It doesn't have anything against the paper. It can't choose not to burn the paper. The nature of fire burns the nature of paper. Right, And it doesn't matter if it's a little flame or if it's the flame that... um, that uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were thrown into. Yeah. It consumes paper. The nature of God, right? And this is another thing, too. God didn't, God the Father didn't turn his face on God the Son because of disgust. Yeah. It's because he could not be in the presence of sin. That's right. Right? And so, in order to be in God's presence, we have to remedy that, right? And that's what the blood of Christ does. I would like to read uh, Romans the sixth chapter, fifth chapter, and the sixth chapter, but I'm going to read some parts from Romans five, and it reads as thus from the King James Version. It says, "Therefore, being justified by faith, by what? By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." Amen. See, we weren't justified because we didn't believe. But when you heard the word of God through preaching the word of God, you became and you accepted that word and received Christ. Justification came upon you by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. This is the grace dispensation. Uh, What is grace? It's it's giving someone something that they did not did deserve, deserve. unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. We, God blessed us, saved us, prospered us, delivered us. Something that we didn't deserve, but he did it because he loves us. Oh, man. You hit on something uh, very important there. I want you to keep going. But, you know, this is this is another misconception, mm-hmm. right? The, the, uh Many people, again, I'm not condemning anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm drawing off my my own personal experience. Many people believe that that we're going to heaven unless we do things bad enough that we deserve hell. Mm -hmm. But the reality is we're born into a separation, not because of anything we did, right? We're born into a situation where we're separated from God because we're born with this with this film of sin, right? That separates us from God. And so what you just said is so so very important. Yeah. Right? It, it, and when you said that all I can see is a baby 
surrounded by what you call it, the conceit. Yeah, the, the, I said a film, but yeah, it's just uh, it, surrounded by that invisible force. That, that keeps the liquid in. Yeah, the umbilical fluid. Yeah, and see, all know, the all the medical personnel are going to laugh at us. Oh yeah, they're going to laugh the, at us. You know, it's, symbiotic fluid or whatever. It's uh, and they have to really after the baby is born, they have to pull that out. But that was an atmosphere that the baby had to live in. That's right. And see, it wasn't the baby's choice. Mm -hmm. That's how the baby had to form. That's how it was. And see, the same thing. We were born and shaped in iniquity. And iniquity. We That's what it says in Jeremiah. In sin. Mm -hmm. So, so it says, uh, I'm going to go further down. And it says, um, starting at verse 19 of chapter 5. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Mm -hmm. And here's a great point in what we were talking about earlier, because that doesn't mean many were made to do wrong things. Mm -hmm. right? made. It says many were made sinners. to distrust and disbelieve God in their hearts. That's what happened. And then it says, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And who is that one? That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might be might abound. In other words, the law was a schoolmaster to let us know the tribe. that we were in sin. It revealed it. He re it revealed the sin. But when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And that's the dispensation that we're in now. That's right. That as sin has reigned unto death, and that's what sin takes you to death. To death. Even so much grace reign through righteousness through our Lord and Savior Christ unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, this is this is the uh, number six. Uh, it says, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? No, by no that means that grace may abound." No. When you meet God, everything changes. Everything changes. I mean, your lifestyle, how you walk, how you how you look at uh, how you look at life, how you talk, all of these things changes. It just it doesn't change overnight. But that's when you say, "Lord, come into my life and teach me." And the Holy Spirit will teach you the ways of righteousness because you can't do it on your own a lot of people are trying to figure out the word of god through a carnal perspective well if i read two chapters a day I, i'm gonna change no it's a spiritual discernment you have to ask god to break it down spiritually so i can understand it and apply it into my life but if you're just reading it you're not going to get anything out of it. And that's why faith necessarily comes first, right? Because right. If, if you haven't put your full faith, right? Not And, and I got another good analogy. I like analogies, right? It's, it's, it's the faith like the faith we have in a chair, right? Yeah. You're not going to sit in the chair unless you're fully... Now, sometimes we're mistaken in chairs and they break, right? But 
But we're not going to let the full weight of our bodies go into a chair unless we trust the chair is going to hold it. We're convinced that it's going to hold it. Right. If you've ever sat on a chair that you think might be broken or is kind of wobbly, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You don't let your full weight go. That's right. And if you haven't, if you haven't put your full faith in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that's why you can't overcome addiction. That's why you can't overcome Come on now. those desires of your heart. Because you can't do it. None of us can. None of us can. It's only by putting our full faith and trust in Christ. And then, like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. But what does happen immediately is the desire changes. Now, now I have seen people change. Overnight. It can overnight. happen. They're ready. Yep. They won't go. Try. Some, it take months. You still smoking? Yeah, God working on me. Well, you don't have faith in that area. That's right. You don't want to give it up. That's, that's the bottom line. Because I've told people, I say, I've seen you testify how God saved you, how He delivered you in this wreck, and how God just blessed you in many ways. But I say, you always tell God, you're not that powerful enough to deliver me from cigarettes. Right. Or alcohol. He looked at me. Or drugs even, right? God or, or, is so powerful. He can deliver you from anything. We're dealing with somebody right now who um, is part of our mentor program who's dealing with an addiction to crystal meth. I can't imagine the power that that has over an individual. But that power is nothing compared. And I'm going to say it is. I'm, I'm going to dare to say it. It's a lot of people uh, that need to be delivered from homosexuality. Yes. God created. You know, you know the story. He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> and if he did create Adam and Steve, we would have been extinct a long time ago because there's no reproduction. That's right. But the thing is, God loves you. And God wants the best for you. And, you know, I thought a lot about this too, Pastor Collins, because, you know, Christians in general have been criticized for being um, discriminatory, right? Or yeah. uncaring because of this. But the reality is the, the image of God in which human beings were created is completed with a man and a woman. That's right. Right? If you read that, he says, he says let us create man in... And, and you know, the, bio, the English... This is why I wish I could read Greek and Hebrew mm -hmm. and Aramaic, right? Because mm -hmm. the English translations sometimes don't leave a lot to, or leave a lot to be desired. It's, it translates the term used for humans as man. Right, but it doesn't mean male, right? Mm -hmm. So what it says is, let us create man or mankind yeah, or humans mm -hmm. in our image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Oh my God! Right. So the so the image of God is is a man. And what happens when a man and a woman marry? Right. It says they become one flesh. That's right. That's the completion of the image of God. Amen. Now. It's true that Paul said, if you're not married, you know, stay unmarried, right? Because then your focus is only on God. He is, he is, but, yeah, he is speaking about permission. Right. Not but, like a man. But, the, but the image of God requires man and woman together who form one flesh. And then the first command was be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a purpose behind this. It's not a judgment call. I don't, I don't hate my fellow humans who happen to have same sex uh, attraction. It's but it's unnatural. It's un, it's dysfunctional and under, and there's no way around that. And when we redefine that for our own personal agenda, 
we're redefining God in our own image. We're not, we're not right. accepting God for who he is. And this is another thing that really, it's a pet peeve of mine. I'm not judgmental. I'm not telling you what Tim thinks. Right? Well, you tell him what God. It's what God says. That's what I've been charged to do. God has chosen me. And you too, Pastor Collins. And you too, Darren, right? That he has chosen us to relay his message. He didn't ask me to reinterpret it and revise it over time. He didn't ask me to make sure that it's comfortable for all the people out there that are discomforted by it. He says, Tim, take my message to the world. So please, I'm not being judgmental, right? In fact, I might even say as a human being in my heart, I wish it was different because I feel for those who suffer from that affliction. Mm -hmm. But my feeling doesn't change his reality. That's right. He created man. He didn't create. He didn't create a continuous spectrum of gender. It's male and female. Male and female. And and it's also true that within that, men, some men are more feminine than others. Yeah. That doesn't make them women. That's right. Some women are more masculine than others. It doesn't make them men. That's right. And you know, uh, as you were talking, the Spirit of God was revealing to me those that has given them lives to Christ that was that was tainted or uh, involved in same sex and so forth. They don't it's a well God gonna love me the way that I am. God gonna accept me the way that I am. Uh, accept me and accept my spouse who is same sex because God is all about love. Uh, this is where a confusion, the, the, con, the spirit of confusion comes in. Uh, it's a lot of people having a desire to do the will of God, but don't understand how to let go or how to defeat uh, this thing in their hearts. Some believe that they were born that way. No, God did not. Uh, through Pastor Tim, he, 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 he explained very clear and precise that it, he, God created man and woman for each other. But we're not trying to uh, attack, but we want, you, we want you to understand that God is, is, is in the plan for man and women to be together, not women or woman or man, oh man. You may not, some people may get mad at this. Yes. But we're here to preach the gospel and tell you the truth. And the truth is, uh, y'all dealing with spirits. You're dealing with uh, generational curses that needs to come off of you. Uh, when you, the devil has blinded you, that you cannot see the truth. But God is here to open up the blinded eyes. Amen. To unstop the death ears. To, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. But he's also here to show you the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Amen. And I'd rather be free than to have a million dollars. I'd rather be free than to have all the houses and the cars. I'd rather be free in God. Because there's millionaires that's committing adultery. There's millionaires that are sinning. There's millionaires that are, are com uh, uh, is about to take their lives 
Because why? They don't have any peace. No joy. No joy. All despair. God will give you peace that passes all understanding. God will give you rest. Mm. Uh, in the midst of the garden. He will lead you beside the west. Still water. You know, going back to what you were saying about being uh, that God will accept me this way. I'll never forget, I was in Washington, D.C., and I saw um, both examples that I think are wrong. There was, a late, there was a guy holding a sign that said that homosexuals were going to hell because they were homosexual. Uh -huh. And a lady was yelling at him and said, her God, right, as if, if God differs amongst us. Her God is a loving God, and he accepts all of us. And I thought both of them are wrong, right? It's not homosexuality that's going to send you to hell. It's, it's your distrustful, disbelieving heart, right? It's not accepting Christ. But I do believe, and this might surprise you, I do believe God accepts you as you are. Yeah. And then he won't leave you there. That's right. He does the changing. That's right. So we don't have to change so that we can be acceptable to God. He finds us where we are, whether... You know, you, there's a, you go through the Bible where, where God calls out people. One person was in a tree, right? One person was on a yeah, boat, right? Yeah. God comes to us where we are. And he accepts us as we are, just as I am. One of my favorite, favorite songs. It's a great invitation song, mm -hmm. just and, as and, I am. But the reality is he doesn't leave us there. Right? And I don't know if it, it, it oh, Lord, forgive me if I'm, I don't know if it's scripture, or not, but it says, come as you are. Come as you are. That's right. Come as you are. A lot of people think, well, I need to clean myself up before I come. No. Well, you will, You don't need a Savior if you can clean yourself up. If you up. can clean yourself up, you don't need a Savior. So you come as as whatever you are. Mm -hmm. You're a dope dealer, come. If you're a prostitute, come. If you're a liar, come. If you're a thief, Come on. Come on. Just come. This is the place of healing. That's right. And this I don't mean a, I don't mean our building only, right? Yeah. yeah the body I mean, of Christ. The body yeah, of yeah. Christ. That's where you come. And, and you come to get when you go to the hospital, you come for results. That's right. You don't have to get healthy before you go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Come on. I'll just <laughs> wait in the waiting room and say, I'm just gonna wait before I see the doctor. That's right. Before I get better. No, you you're coming to get see. Better. And get results because you need a doctor. I, re really? I, Go ahead. I remember a story about Longview, Texas, right? And some of you listening might know the Longview Baptist Temple. Uh, that the uh, the uh, pastor there was a guy named Dr. Gray, had a PhD in theology, and um, he created quite a quite, quite a stir in Longview because when he when he got to the church. He opened it up to all the townspeople, mm -hmm. right, including those prostitutes and those liars and those thieves. And, and so the people of the church were up in arms, right? We don't want these kind of people in the church. In the church. What, a, what a bad way to think about it. And, yeah. and we've talked about it at our church, right? Anybody's welcome to come sit in here. You, know, you, you know, you have to give your life to Christ and grow spiritually in order to start leading things in the church. That's right. But we want anybody because... Christ even came, right? Not, right? not to the healthy, but to the sick. And so to, and, and you know, his church grew to, you know, nearly 4,000 people. Wow. In fact, you, might, you know, in Shreveport, Louisiana, where we are, 
um, people might recognize the LBT bus because he would send buses into Shreveport to pick people up and drive them wow. back to Longview. And uh, uh, the, the, the red and white bus. It was red and white. Yeah, that's right. I don't know whether they still do. That was 20 years ago, but wow. But I remember that story. Projects. Yeah. Yeah. And pick up everybody. Pick up everybody. So that's the thing, right? And and you know, one of the misconceptions about Christianity is that it's exclu it's exclusive. Right? Because we say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way. We don't say that. He said that. Mm -hmm. But that invitation is open to everybody. Everybody. So it's not exclusionary. It's just his Thank way. God. It's not my way. Again, if I was going to do it, I, you know, one of my mentors, and he's passed on now, um, never met him in person, but I listened to a lot of his teaching, Dr. Harold Wilmington at Liberty University. Okay. And, uh, and he said that this way, the Bible is not a book that man would write if he could. Because he said, there's a lot of things in there I would change, right? And the, and the story I remember him using is the story of the man who, who was so happy uh, and pleased with what God had done in his life. He said, God, I will give you the next thing that comes out of my door. Oh yeah. And it was his daughter. And so he, wow, had, to, he had to sacrifice. Right, I wouldn't put that in a book I was writing, mm -hmm. but I didn't write it. But he said the Bible's also not a book that man could write, even if he would, right? Because we wouldn't know those things you were talking about in the beginning, yeah. right? And so um, that's the thing about it is God is the one writing the story. And yeah. even if I would disagree or dislike or write something differently, I don't have the opportunity to do it. All I, all I can do is proclaim what he has written. Amen. Amen. That, that, is, that is so awesome. So we coming to those that are in Christ that just given given their lives to Christ and we want to encourage you to, to first of all uh, what you commit yourself to that's what you become vulnerable to yes if you commit yourself to television and playing and basketball and video games and you're going to start losing out because you're feeding your flesh and not your spirit. But you have to feed your spirit in order to grow. You have to get in quality time with God in the Word and prayer. You have to come to Bible studies and not only just church on Sundays, but every day you have to renew yourself with the Lord and renew your mind get into some word and then God will start manifesting himself to you so you can grow it's time for growth those of you that gotten saved has come in at a time where things are beginning to happen prophecies are being being uh, fulfilled uh, God been showing me that uh, in the bottoms of the earth there are angels that's being unleashed into the atmosphere for the Antichrist. So the atmosphere can be right for the Antichrist to come in. So that means before the Antichrist comes, the church has to be removed. Right. So many things that you know you can't straddle the fence, you can't play, but this is real. But don't get, don't get it twisted. God is here. And he will protect you. Uh, continue to read 91 Psalms. 23 Psalms. Uh, 
A thousand may fall at thy side, but ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh you. That's the promise of God. If you make God your secret place. If you run to him during times of trouble. Not run away from him. The devil wants to condemn you when you do wrong. But God said, I have a remedy for that. Come before my, my throne boldly. And... and and seek grace in a time of need. And he will, which is the great high priest, Jesus Christ, is our great high priest, intercedes for us on a daily basis. It's not here just on Sundays and Saturdays, but on a daily basis. I got a story to tell, and I'm going to be quiet. I was, I was uh, going to Denny's. Well, you know, well, praise God. Well, I was going to eat at Denny's, and I... I saw this lady when I was when I was in school, and uh, uh, and she was there in the restaurant. And I saw her. I remember her child while she was in school, and she said, uh, "I said, what? You got your child on your chest?" She said, "Yes, he died." And she had a smile on her face, and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He died of bone marrow cancer." But let me tell you what happened. And we was in that restaurant, and she just uh, mesmerized me. She said, I would keep my son in my lap, and my son would go to sleep. But when he go to sleep, he'll wake up and say, the angel brought me back. The angel brought me back. And so I was confused. I say, the angel brought him back. And then he, he'll give her more detailed stories. The angel and I and other children was in the field. And mama, we had a good time. God, Jesus was playing with us. And, and the angel would always wait and bring me back. And then the mother started saying, why is he going to Jesus and coming back? Going to Jesus and coming back. And the Lord revealed to her, it's because of your faith. You won't let him go. You're holding on to him. That's why he come back and tell you how good of a time he had with Christ because he's all right in the bosom of God. And the last time he came, he said, Mama, every time we finish playing with Jesus, Jesus goes to this big rock and he looks down and it's a glass that, and he sees everybody on the earth. And he intercedes and starts praying for the people on the earth. That they get their lives right. That he's there. That he's protecting them. That he, he's walking with them when they don't have no strength to walk on their own. But he said, Mama, Jesus wants me to stay. So I'm asking you, Mama, can I go? And she didn't reply at that very time. She prayed, and God, and God said, the only way he can go, if you let him go, because your faith is strong. So when she went back and he sat in her lap again, she said, I give you permission to go. So when he, thank you, Mom, and when he looked in the corner, he saw the angel that always escort, escorting him to where Jesus is. And he turned to mama and said, Mama, there's my angel. Mama took some deep breaths and said, Go.
you have my permission to go. And when he laid in her lap, he gave up the ghost. And he went to be with the Lord. So I want you to let you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what situation or circumstances, you have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, that is praying for you. No matter if you fall or not, just like he told Peter, I know you're going to fall, Peter, but when you fall, hold on to your faith in me. Don't give up. Trust me. Because I'm praying for you that your faith fail not. And then he prophesied, when you get back up because you trust in me, I'm going to rise you back up. Strengthen your brother. So I say to you, I don't care what situation you're in. You may have fallen. God is saying you're going to get back up. And when you get back up, strengthen your brother. Because God is going to back you up. Because you're his child. You may not understand everything now. But trust God. And, he, and the Holy Ghost is going to lead you and guide you into all truth. Amen. Amen. Powerful. Amen. Well, I hope that this episode of Divine Hope has been uh, a blessing to someone out there listening. I know that if you're listening, it can be. Amen. And, uh, Amen. And to all those that, um, that have just accepted Christ, know that even with all your excitement, all your blind faith at this point, um, there's challenges ahead. It really so is. Stay true to the faith. You're entering a period of sanctification that follows your period of justification. And it's through those trials, God says, I'll use all circumstances for good for those who love me. It's in those trials that you are shown how much you can truly trust His yeah. faith. Yes. And if you haven't accepted Christ, I want to invite you to do so right now. I want you to know that there's no depth limit Come on. to God's love. He'll love you no matter what you've done. No matter how many times you've done it. There's no depth limit Come on. to His love. But there is a time limit. If you pass from, this, from life in this world without accepting Him, there is no second chance. There's no second chance. If He comes for His church before you've accepted Him, there is no second chance. So don't wait. Do it now. Accept Him. And if you have, then I encourage you to find a Bible-believing church. If you're in the Shreveport, Bossier City area, come to New Beginning in Christ Ministries. Yes. Uh, we're a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, Bible-believing, Jesus-as-head church. Amen. And we want you here. It's 2525 CE Galloway Boulevard in Shreveport, Louisiana. Come visit us. We're here on Sundays at 1030. We're here on Saturdays at 10 o'clock. And we're here on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Come any of those times. And come as you are. Come as you are. Amen. If you're not in the Shreveport Bossier area, then find a Bible-believing church where you can be supported by those who love you and yes. that will encourage you along the way. Despite what you might think about the church, the true believers in Christ are accepting of each other. We know that no matter how many times somebody has hurt and disappointed us, we've done the same to them. Sure have. And so we know that together we can lift each other up, and we want to lift you up. Amen. Now I have I'm just led to those that want to change in their life. 
tired of the devil beating them up, tired of the same old thing, it's, and want uh, God to come into their lives. Because I'm going to tell you, when you truly repent and ask Christ to come into your life, change is coming as well. Hallelujah. If, if anybody on this line would like to accept Jesus Christ, hallelujah. I want you to get in a solitude place or wherever you are, just sit down. And I want, we're going to say the sinner's prayer. Uh, and just repeat after us as we say the sinner's prayer. It's very vital and important because this is going to change your life. So when we say the sinner's prayer and we finish, you will be a child of God. You will be ushered into the kingdom of God. Angels will be rejoicing for you. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Are you ready? Pastor Tim, could you lead us in prayer? Heavenly Father, come before you today humbly in recognition of the fact that I am a sinner. Yes. I'm a sinner, Lord, that cannot renew my relationship with you on my own. And so I've, I've come before you to say, come into my life. Heal me, Lord. Change my heart. Make me right with you. And I believe, Lord, that if, that if I put that faith in you, that if I confess that you are the Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that the Father raised you from the dead. I believe, Lord, that I am saved. I am justified. That means that I have been made right in your eyes. And now I can be in your presence. Yes. Even though I'm still a sinner. I'm a sinner that's covered in your blood. And so I can be within your presence. And I invite you, Lord, into my life to sanctify me so that I can be more like you. Until the day comes when I can be by your side. This is my prayer in faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you want to read it, it's in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. I want to congratulate you on whoever accepted Christ whatever you're facing right now you have a savior that's going to make it right he's going to turn it around for your good he's going to make the crooked places straight and the rough way smooth yes there's still going to be adversities but you got a savior that is in your corner amen amen until next week Remember that there is a divine hope that transcends all understanding. All right. Amen.